hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer and Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about today? Today we're going to discuss 1987's The Caller by Empire Picture, Charles Bands. His friends call him Charles. His friends call him Charles. And after this one, I don't know if <laughs> And I'm of course, therefore, the, the music's going to be by Richard Band. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Michael, what are we going to be drinking today? Cheers, buddy. Cheers. So today, we have Double Hopnosis. It's an Imperial IPA from Firestone. Picked this up. They gave it to us, um, Firestone Propagator in Venice. They have a place down there. Thank you, guys. Thank they provided you. this. This is good. I get big mango right on the nose. Oh, yeah. Hobby and IPA. It's a it's an Imperial, so it's 8-3. Yeah. But, you know, it's like that fruity where you, it's another one of those that slides down. You know, we're in summer. It's it's pretty warm out. It is. This could slide down, put you in Napsville. Like yeah, early. In fact, when, when you pour it, it almost reminds me of like a golden pilsner. I'm like, oh, refreshing yeah. for the summertime. I mean, there's almost a honey color yeah. to it. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it's tasty. Thanks, guys. So are you down in Venice in that area? We live pretty close to there. So And we go there quite a bit. Jane and I like to go there. It's a fun. They have, it's a full, it's a restaurant, brewery. Firestone, as you know, like Paso Robles, yeah. I think is the original one. They have places all over the place. This one, uh, they even do their own series. The pro- it's called the Propagator, so they make their they do their own beer series. So it's got a great little shop, good food. Uh, if you haven't been there, we should go there sometime. Okay, it's fun, yeah. you know. It's down in Venice. It's- I gotta tell you, I've never like. Growing up, you know, I've, I've never been to Venice. It's a, it's hilarious. You came over to the West Side one yeah. time. We were going for a hike or something, yeah. and I said, "Oh, I, I mentioned something. The crosswalks, you know, you got to watch out." And you said, "Dude, on the West Side, just act like I don't know where I'm going." Yeah, and I thought, <laughs> "Wow, that's interesting." Again, LA is a huge place, so people can grow up downtown, never know about the ocean. They grow yeah. up in the valley. They don't, you know, you don't know about the valley if you're from the ocean. Yeah, the West Side's a whole different world. Yes, I've learned that. People on the West Side don't leave the West Side. I worked on the border of the West Side at one time for a movie production company who, oddly enough, had a relationship with Charles Band, which I got to go and visit his production company one day to huh. do an errand. But We're really uh, trying to avoid talking about this movie. Spoiler alert. There's not a lot to talk about. Because you're going to have to answer to this. Okay. You're going to have to, at some point, you picked this. I'm sorry to interrupt your story. I'm sorry to interrupt you. First of all, okay, you did say 1987. Yes. Uh, but it was also 1989. Yeah, because it, it was a, it was it had went to the Venice. It was not con, the con film festival. It was sort of like this whatever. I don't know what yeah. you call it. It's like like a fair, but it did it went there and it was straight to video. It yeah. never really had a release. No, kind of figuring out why the writer Michael Sloan in his bio he does not consider this like his his debut so as a screenwriter. It's the majestic <laughs> in 2001. He doesn't really want to. Talk this one up. Well, Michael Sloan was you a... You picked this. Uh, yeah, I picked it. Um, Why? Why? Where, and where did you come across this? So... What, what was this? I watched it on 2B. You know, we've done Metal Storm. We've done Laser Blast. We've done Reanimate. We've done Charles Band's movies that he's produced. And I was just searching, like, a list of, like, what are the best Charles Band produced movies, regardless if it's from Full Moon or Empire. What are the best? And people had this on their list, and I'm like, I've never heard of the movie. And then when you go to Tubi, it says erotic mystery thriller. Like, do I really want to watch this? I can think wife? of two things wrong <laughs> yeah. with that. Maybe mystery, Mi- not no, erotic. No, the mystery is about, like the only thing because there is a mystery. It's, it's heavy-handed. When you told me about yeah. it, I went and watched it, and then I had heard there was a big twist ending, big surprise ending, 
And it's not as surprising because it hammers you over the head for the first hour and a half that something weird is going on. And that, to me, a twist ending only works when you don't see it coming. You see something coming a long ways away. So when it happens, you don't go, Bruce Willis is dead? You know, it's, oh, that's it. I, know. I thought maybe he was a vampire. I knew something weird was going to be at the end. You definitely know there's going to be a twist ending to this. I agree. Which I think is a uh, failure. Yeah. It's like, you know. And, and I, it, so I, the opposite thing, when the first time I watched it, now granted, you know, I'm, I'm watching this, you know, night after work, not paying a lot of attention the first time. And I watched it a, a while, while ago. When it got to the ending, it was one of those abrupt changes where I assume this was like a, a murder mystery. There was in the Masters of Horror do you ever watch that? Oh, yeah. There was um, a one based off of what if the psycho hitchhiker met the psycho, um, you know. It's Larry driver. Cohen. Larry Cohen one. It's a great one with Michael Moriarty. Exactly. That's two serial killers. <laughs> yeah, who run that, into each other. It was so it was fun. Like cat and mouse. That's the first time I watched this. I'm like, are both these people killers? And they just kind of showed up at the wrong, like, at the, the wrong time. And then when it gets to the end, I'm like, I actually paused it the first time I watched it. And I go, did, did I it somehow skip? Did I miss something? <laughs> I was going back and I watched it on Tubi, and I was like, uh, did uh, did they cut out a commercial? And then I watched it at one time on another, like a you. I think I watched it one time on YouTube. Uh, no, I didn't miss anything. So I thought it was a, a really abrupt change. It is one of these movies that's like you get to the end, you're like, what? Uh, it doesn't but, explain itself. No. It actually, its explanation at the end to me sort of blows up everything that happened in the previous hour and a half. It's two people. This might be the fewest people ever on screen because there's no background, no extras, nothing. There are two people, which made this problem. I told you that there was a point, this is the closest I've ever come to saying, can you pick another movie? Not because I was just so infuriated and hated. I did not care for this movie. There's not a lot here to write about. You can only write about, these people talk so much. Arthur Seidelman Yes. I think it's Seidelman. Yeah, he's a working he's, director from the set. He's done he, stuff and he started he's, in theater. Yeah. And this a lot of times feels like a, it's a filmed play. It comes off as theater. It does. In the acting, Madeline Smith, I thought she was kind of inconsistent. Malcolm McDowell is great. He's and great. In, in my notes, I just wrote over and over yeah. this every once in a while. I go, thank God for Malcolm McDowell. I'm more curious. Like I'm less curious about this film as a t- story than I am. How did you get caught up in this Malcolm McDowell? Did you, were you sitting at a bar one night in your cups a little bit and Charlie Band like, oh, sign this. And then all this next thing you know, your agent goes, you just signed on to this movie and you're off to Italy because I think the exteriors were shot in Italy. And, and, and honestly, I look at the exteriors every single time and I think that looks like Big Bear, California. But they, they say they, you know, you know, Empire had a studio, Charles I mean, Band had a, a studio in Italy. I've never been to Italy, but I've seen enough of the countryside that there, there are places you could totally, yeah. you, just like you shoot here, you can say we're in Italy. And I, as we know from Star Crash, yeah. you know. <laughs> Christopher Plummer said, you know, he'd do porn. <laughs> he loves <laughs> Rome. He loves Italy. Because I'm thinking they could have easily shot in the, a cabin here because... Maybe what? that's why Malcolm McDowell did it. Yeah, he said free, free, trip free, to Italy. free trip to Italy. That's it. And it takes place pretty much in one location. A cabin and then there's a couple exterior shots. You didn't need to make it in Italy, but I'm assuming like Maybe hey, it was free less trip. expensive. But I agree I that story behind this would probably be better, more intriguing because so this is what it seems this is to be. This is an overly long episode of the Twilight Zone or the Outer Limits. A- absolutely, this could have been just an episode of that. They drug it out real quick, just outline. Okay, this is a woman in, and she's never given a name. 
She's she, girl. The girl, which it's you know, and call he yeah yeah he references her as girl it, yeah, yeah. and he's called the caller. She's in the cabin, and they have an interaction. He shows up, basically saying had an accent, need to call a tow. They play cat and mouse the entire thing. Dialogue heavy, single location cabin. You come to think they have some previous relationship, even though they're acting like strangers. There's an insinuation you could tell in the dialogue that they have met before. Yeah. And then it leads to this twist ending, and that's it. That's really it. She has a daughter, and she has a husband who died during a war. The and, war. Yeah, the I, war. They're too young for it to have been Vietnam. No, exactly. So, what war? So that's some of the hints that, that this makes a very much... It starts as a... It seems like something that you'd have on Lifetime TV tropes of an axe murder woman alone in a cabin making dinner and a stranger because you think it's a, it might be a slasher movie yeah i mean we open there's a picture of her on the ground and then a, a close-up on an axe and then he's stalking her she's shopping in town you see her walk out of a, a grocery store with a bunch of groceries nobody there she goes to get gas there's nobody there, there to take her money so made me wonder it doesn't occur to her there's nobody here she just gets groceries and then leaves some money there's so little sense made here. We, she's a prisoner. Yes. We, 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 she's, and I kind of, the first time I watched it, it, I can't remember the exact point, but I went, she's here against her, like she is the subject of something, an experiment. She is not there of her will. This isn't her real world. Something's going on here. And she is clearly play acting. And it's funny because the play acting seems either it's required from her. Like I said, there, there's a lot we're filling in because... There's a not a not a lot given to you, and and we'll like we already said spoiler. We'll reveal the very ending. The ending all of a sudden becomes like a Terminator movie, where the robots have taken over. It's Malcolm an android. Mc- yeah, he's an android, and this is a test of the remaining humans. And clearly, when I think the war, when she said her husband died of war, I don't know if it was the war against the robots. Yeah, the androids <laughs> won. I mean, yeah, it might have been like Skynet. Yeah, that could have been it. But they don't say everyone is. Thousands of people are in this situation. Essentially, he gets electrocuted. And as he's, quote unquote, dying, he says, you know, oh, there's thousands more. We separate the children from the parents and then we retrain the children. There's a force field that keeps her in. How big is this force field? Because they go for a country drive. Yeah. And he takes her where she could see where the children are being kept, which doesn't make sense. Like, why would he do that? When you watch it repeatedly, there are things that sort of suggest he is the first time i watched it i kind of thought maybe he was a vampire he wouldn't go in she had to invite him in and then there are references i don't feel cold i don't sweat he doesn't drink doesn't smoke don't even see him eat and she even talks about you know a real man could have made love to me so i guess we have to assume she knows he's an android so is that the war they reference because he says she murdered her husband and her child and her lover because she's making dinner for her and her, her boyfriend who never shows up and she doesn't seem to care. And then there's a lot of just these overly written dialogues they have. And the symbolism at one point, they sit down at a table and there's a chess game set up because this is a game of chess. They're staying at a place called Yew Tree Lodge. Yes. The Yew Tree, Jason. Yeah. Do you know much about the Yew Tree? I do not, Michael. We, Please we, enlighten me. One of our other movies, they talk about the yew tree. Was it the Witchfinder General or Blood on Satan's Claw? They talk about like witches and the yew tree has a lot of symbolism because yew trees are they're seen as the tree of life and the tree of death. The symbols of immortality are omens of death. 
They teach us to see both sides of every story. Wow. I honestly think that Michael Sloan, here, here's my true, how this got made. Charlie Band and Michael Sloan were sitting there talking, and he's like, you know, I had this unproduced play from my college years. <laughs> There's a lot of symbolism, and he's like, can you sci-fi it up the last five minutes? <laughs> and he's like, why not? That's great. I mean, this Jason, this is almost a perfect movie for you in a way, and I know you don't like it that much, but it's almost perfect because there's so many opportunities to just make your let yourself up. go and fill in, just backfill, and imagine, like, this is why this is. You love doing that. So we've done Reanimator. We've done Metal Storm. We've done Laser Blast. So we're familiar with all of Charles Band's, intera- you know, his different iterations of his company. And I look at this one, it's so different. It's the t- it's so different from anything else he's made. And it, even though, like, Tubi says erotic thriller, there is nothing erotic about this all. At There's one point, no- she tries to desu- seduce him, and he ends up pulling away. And, and that's it. And that lasts literally, like, 30 seconds of them making out. And it's oh, an yeah. odd makeout session because it just looks uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, he's she's- supposed to act like, act like you're a robot. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was the direction. <laughs> He's great. I mean, he really. I'm, I've always been a fan of his. I mean, going Clockwork Orange, Oh Lucky Man, Cat People. I mean, he's fantastic, he is. and he's the saving grace for this. Yeah. Is that he does a great job. All of this, her daughter is referenced throughout. There's a hat box. Yeah, all this odd stuff. Hat box. I saw a hat box. Little girls don't wear hats. And eventually, it's a cake inside because it, it's leaking. We but, see it in the beginning. There's yeah. leaking red fluid. Yeah. Why is a cake in a hat box? Why? Yeah. Is, why? He said, little girls don't wear hats yeah. except on Easter. What an odd observation. They drop at the very beginning, from the very beginning, for several points, they drop a lot of horror tropes. You see an axe. You see something, something dripping. He's stalking from, from her. From the time she's in town. That POV shot. Walking, yeah. yeah, walking around the house, peeking in. She noticed. She knows something's going on. She feels something, which I think is odd. If you feel that, why would you like the shower is one of the most vulnerable places exactly. You can be. So if you think, you know, I have a feeling someone's creeping around my cabin and I'm all alone, I'm gonna go take a shower. <laughs> the insinuation by the end of the movie is that she's repeated this experiment several times, and. Also, it's insinuated all the robots look like Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> yep, the caller. They call so him. she would know unless the whole time is like, here's the experiment. You have to act. Yeah. And then what is the actual experiment? We The experiment seems to be more on the children yeah. from what he says. We retrain the children. Because, yeah, why is she going into town? What, what's her, the her play acting that she's taking part of? The implication is, is that <laughs> she murdered her boyfriend. The caller is likes her so much that he cuts the guy's hand off, puts it in the fridge so she can have his ring. I guess it's an android. It's unfeeling. It doesn't know actual human emotion. It, I mean, maybe that's... Is that's, that... That is a very strange thing, like a cat bringing back a souvenir and going, hey, I like you, so I'm leaving the guts of this animal on your door. Yeah, because the insinuation... The insinuation <laughs> is that at the end, this one version of the android during this one test kind of fell for her. And I'm thinking, wait a second... That hanging of the doll and the there's some jump scares and then when you go back and understand the ending, you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't understand. What, it's not like a what? Like I gotta watch this again. Yeah. What? It's sort of you cobbled together a bunch of crap. This doesn't make sense. Even within the world of this film, it's just kind of crumbly written. Is the only thing I can say because it's not the kind of what that you go back. You I gotta watch this again. That is so crazy. It's what were you even doing? Yeah. Like, at no point somebody picked up the script and said, none of this makes sense. 
Well, that's why my story is that he wrote a true, like, very much like that Masters of Horrors, and at the end, Charles Mann's like, listen, do the sci-fi element. Terminator's hot. <laughs> Throw a robot in there at the end. He's like, yeah. I can do that, make him a robot the last one minute of the movie, <laughs> two minutes. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, instead of uh, being a killer, yeah. he's, he's an android. He's an android. This is an experiment, but I'm thinking like... Bring in the guy who did Nightmare on Elm Street 4. <laughs> and I was, it was, that was yeah. like the claim to fame. That's something I kept coming across, and I mean... They're okay effects. It's nothing groundbreaking, but I kept seeing where they, they would reference the guy. I didn't write it down. I, basically, my, my notes are every so often writing, thank God for Malcolm McDowell. They, they kept referencing the guy who did the effects for that one moment at the end when the android is revealed, the flesh is melted off. And then why is he revealing everything to her while he's dying? Like I, He's not human. It's a I mean, robot. It's, it's, well, it's the James Bond thing, but I'm going to tell you my whole plan as yeah. I'm sort of slowly preparing to kill you. I'm going to reveal everything, and then, oh, shucks, Bond got away. You know, second or third viewing, my take on this is the girl, the actress who's playing the girl in this. She figures out a way to win because... One other hint that there's something odd is occasionally they have a cat and mouse where they try to catch each other in a lie. Mm -hmm. And then if she catches him, he goes, one point for you. And at first to you. Yeah. And at first you're thinking, oh, that's just a weird saying that this character has. But then you realize like, no, he repeats it on a regular basis. There's something more to it. And we find out she gets to... 50. 50. But the the scoring system is so arbitrary. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, I'll give you nine points. For how, that. He sneaks into the daughter's room. How many points do I get for that? He goes, yeah. eh, I'll call it nine. Yeah. You know, like, there's no hard point system. Yeah. And of course, you know, she's never going to get to 50. I think that's the whole point. Because the last point they, is you have to get beyond, you have get, to get, you know, around me. You have to me. get by me. I mean, <laughs> it's a robot. <laughs> yeah. She has an axe. You know, it's like, Malcolm McDowell's like not that threatening. You just take an axe to him. And that's it. Just axe him in the head. So because I, we never know if she knows for sure that he's an android. There's tons of suggestions that she might know the war might have been the android war, and which in which case it, that would be interesting because Michael Sloan might have seen this. Depending on when he wrote it, the machines have won and were retraining the children. So maybe they don't try to revolt against the androids. You know, it's hard to go beat by beat because really it's them concocting stories to each other. This yeah. is a conversation we're having. I mean, going through this, it really, it would take way too long because yeah. there's so much just, it's just overly written and it's heavy handed and it's just. You could see it up on stage. You could see that the beginning of this play was supposed to be some sort of murder mystery on stage where you have one set, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, "We need to do something else. Spice this up." Because oh, I, I do I, have one. I do have one point of contention <laughs> that it's just Mr. Yeah. Michael Sloan, <laughs> the Equalizer. She's driving a cool old Land Rover. Yeah, she is. He supposedly has a T-Bird. She comes across a broken down T-Bird early in the movie. Also, she comes across it. Then she gets into it and starts snooping around and finds a, a disassembled doll in the glove compartment. First of all, if you see a car broke down. Who just goes start snooping around? You know, that's just weird. Secondly, later in the movie, she gets a flat in her Land Rover, and he says to her, you said you didn't have a spare. And she said, I went to that T-Bird, and I took a tire off it and put it on my Land Rover. That's not how it works. No. <laughs> I, I think they're I'm constantly sorry. lying that, to that each is a, other. That is a nitpicking thing. Yeah. But it, no, that, you can't just take a tire off a T-Bird and shove it onto a Land Rover. Problem solved. This one version of this experiment, I think she believes she has figured a way to win. 
and if you watch it, I think everything starts coming unra comes unraveled. But she meets a certain goals. Like she wanted somehow to get a picture where they think you're storing the children, and she's able to get that. Yeah. And she she tricks him. So I think her the whole plot of this exercise is like. I think I got a way out of this. Mm -hmm. The running, she does a lot yeah, of running, running yeah. because we find out there's and a... She, and she works out to be able to do that running. <laughs> yeah. Which leads to, there's a force field and there's a great piece of dialogue at the end when he's all <laughs> melted and she goes, the force field goes off and he says, yes, but it goes back on. Yeah. What? You know, robots, they don't explain themselves. Well, here's a question for you. Do you think there's... So, I'm not going to use the insinuation again, but do you think that a fellow human who was being experimented on close by visits her on a regular basis and they've been trying to keep it secret from the robots it, there's a part of it that seems like oh they were going that route there's an axe killing at the end he said like i found this next to your lover yeah and i put the hand in the refrigerator because why not well he did say it was so against, she could have the ring and it was against robot policy to do this <laughs> <laughs> robot policy I'd like to see that uh, employee handbook <laughs> this movie definitely cheers you, you have um, to have um, hopnosis because you kind of feel like you you feel a little dopey yeah, yeah. you feel a little dumber you feel yeah. <laughs> there's a magic eye on this can with a um is that a hop hop flower yeah hop cone middle. yeah that's kind of i feel looking it's pretty at this. cool oh yeah I get a little well, days when i try to <laughs> and i feel like there's some maybe some sort of all-seeing eye in this, I mean, she's being watched. She is. She's, she's being him. watched, studied. What do we say? I, I was going to say that there's a couple points when you watch it that you could pick up. I mean, let's talk about how you could pick up something's wrong. One is if you do look in the background in some of the scenes, you realize that there's junk cars. And I think that's why she gets, she thinks it's okay to, to, to ramsack that Thunderbird because she realized like there's no one around. And then Yes, because they, they referenced the sign. A sign fell yeah. down. She said, there's no one here to put it back up. What were some things that you saw that, well, like, you know? Early on, when they first meet and they're chatting, she says, I'll be leaving here soon. And he kind of perks up and he goes, oh, will you? Yes. Little things like that. Because you go, oh, you think so. She figured out the force field goes off, but it goes back on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that. There's a dialogue she has. I'm going to... One of the points I have is a dialogue she has with her daughter, which I'm not sure is a real call or not. But it's a it's a weird conversation. But she does says, "Are they treating you like a human being? Why did they have to emphasize like yeah. human being as and opposed then, are they treating you like a, are they treating you well?" And you know? when he asks her where your daughter is, oh, is she with friends? She goes, "She's with people her own age." Yes, that's another thing. A lot of these things, even the first time around, like when you watch it more. We forced ourselves yeah. to watch this many times, so you pick a lot of this up. But even the first time through, there were so many odd things that you pick up that make yeah. you go, something's going on here. There's a weird experiment. She, I think, is some type of prisoner that he's playing with. Maybe to understand human emotions, maybe to understand how humans could, how they think when they're being trapped like an animal. And, but then in the end, the way he describes it, it really doesn't have to do with the parents. It has to do with the children. Which would make sense if you're saying we got to take, you know, the older generation is just going to resist us. We can't do anything with that. The new generation, we can teach them to be subservient. We're, I'm going forward as if this was Skynet. This yeah, was exactly. a machine uprising. They won. Mankind is subjugated and they're retraining the young generation. So they don't, we're going to just train the rebellion out of them. Well, another point where I said, oh, this is something odd when you go back and look at the, the dialogue 
is she says, I can hardly refuse. And he's and it's your house. And she's like, is it? And then also later on, around like 30 minutes in the movie, they're talking about games. And he says, you have to know the rules. And it's strange where the first scene is in play acting where he has a car broken down. He intrudes on her. And then he could tell that he's pushing boundaries so he goes and waits outside. And then he, she invites him back in. And if you think this is a dangerous person, why would you that's, invite him back in right when you're on your porch? That's the thing. None of, none of it really works or yeah. follows any kind of logic because this guy sneaks in, breaks into the house. He sees slides. And later when she sneaks the pictures yeah. and then she takes the film, she goes back. Of course, she has a dark room in her cabin. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's developing the pictures and she hears something. He broke into the house, set up the slide projector, and he's out watching slides. She comes out, finds him, and he looks. And it's a really creepy look because it's the glow of the projection sure. of these slides. She says, you know, what are you doing here? And he said, I wanted to see the photos how they turn out and he's just giving her this very creepy look yeah. because he knew that at that point they had already taken their ride in the hills oh and he knew and he knew she, that she was t- tr- you know taking photos of area that yeah it's one of those you think you're being sneaky but yeah. i know what's going on you know and what did she say at one point if i had all the answers i wouldn't be here there's an odd scene once again around 30 minutes into it where she has a knife to his throat and it's a strange thing because the first time viewing you're like what's going on because it it gets violent really quickly and then he's able to overcome that yeah and then and you think of, is he gonna kill her and they toss her aside it's just this is just a game or experiment for him he um and then he grabs a drink and this is another point where you can tell something wrong and he doesn't drink it for himself he hands it to her because he's a robot because they she, only drink oil if you know <laughs> watching cartoons <laughs> she offers him a drink and he says no but then after they have that confrontation he pours it he is carrying it like it's his yes. i mean he looks like he's gonna drink it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> so I was thinking, so I, I know we're fans of The Terminator, which came out in 1984. And I was looking at some movies that came out in the 80s that had like robot infiltration. So I'm going to ask you if you've ever seen some of these other B movies. You ever see Annihilator? Yes. <laughs> which is a total ripoff of Terminator. Absolutely. <laughs> total ripoff. <laughs> I mean, of course, because when Terminator came out, of course, we had to. Video stores yeah. were a thing. You go to the video store and anything like the Terminator, you were watching. And you convinced yourself because you're 12, you're going, this is a cool movie, even though it sucks. I, don't, I haven't watched The Annihilator yeah. in over 30 years. <laughs> and I watched The Terminator a bunch. Exactly. I own it. I still have DVDs <laughs> because I like listening to the commentary. And I don't care. I like them. There was one, not about infiltration, but Eliminators. Eliminators. With the Mandroid. Yeah. <laughs> What about an assassin? I've been trying to find that. I've been trying to find... No, Eliminators is super hard to find because that's on my list. I want to do that for this, but I can't find a place where it has it. It's super hard to find for what... I think Denise Crosby is like... Probably. As an army of people out there just wiping, wiping the internet clean of any copy of the... Of the but okay. Well, um, uh, assassin. Assassin. Assassin, it was like 1986, and I think you can find like a grainy copy online robert conrad robert conrad robert conrad jonathan banks is also in it but uh it's also one where like people are being taken over by robots (laughs) and then wes craven did uh deadly friend oh yeah yeah which has an odd basketball destroying a person's face scene and is it buffy's in that right is that who is that yeah the original buffy not sarah michelle geller but 
Chris, and I, uh, yes, Chrissy Swanson. Chrissy Swanson. And I think the guy from uh, one of the guys from Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Libertuano. I was trying to think. I was like, what robot? If I was like, those are the ones that are like B movies. And I then think, of course it leads to like RoboCop. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Another one I own. I watched a lot. I haven't watched, you know, Annihilator in forever. But I might go back. Uh, there were two points in this movie yeah. we, we haven't discussed. We discussed it prior, but I stuff that I found more interesting than the actual Let's talk movie. About it. Well, it was. The fact Malcolm McDowell comes up, knocks on the door. Can I use your phone? My car's yeah. broke down. It's not the first time Malcolm McDowell has done that in a movie because he did it. Everyone Clock else, Work. Clockwork Orange. And also, he's talking about London. And he's talking about, you know, soupy fog and night flashes in the night. Jack the Ripper. And he was in a movie called Time After Time where he played H.G. Wells. And Jack the Ripper steals his time machine and goes in the future. So Jack the Ripper's there. Those were little things that I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting. I wonder if they thought of that. Is that why they wanted Malcolm McDowell? Or did they <laughs> say, you know, Malcolm McDowell's in here. What a weird coincidence. Yeah, it is and like, Malcolm McDowell it. goes, I'm really, I'm more than Clockwork Orange. I'm so much more than that. I was in Cat People, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Malcolm McDowell because one of my family's favorite my favorite tv series that we watch almost every single summer we repeat watching these this tv series is psych and he played the british ambassador fanshaw in that episode and it's a pretty funny episode i gotta watch it because jane i'm late to the party on yeah. psych jane is a huge fan as you know and yes. she was watching it and i started watching it and i went it was it's on us usa yeah. network which i don't and i haven't had cable in over yeah. 20 years so I never watched it, and so I we just started bench. She's like, I'll watch all of these again, yeah. and I watched it. It's fantastic, but I have not seen that one. That, it's a funny one because Sean. It's a great show. It, it is, and he, Sean keeps asking him if he could get if somehow he could get diplomatic immunity. Yeah, that make that would that sounds like Sean. And then, kind of, I wouldn't say it's a ripoff of Psych, but Psych definitely makes fun of it. Is the Mentalist, and he plays there. It's a more serious version of Psych. Also. I enjoyed it, watched it with my wife. There is a nemesis to our main character that runs through the whole um, series of this television show called Red John. And there's a character, Malcolm McDowell plays what you imagine is the the head of a Scientology-like religion. And he is one of the people that you possibly think is Red John. And he does a good job in that too. He's a great actor, you know. He does a lot of voice acting because his voice is so distinct. There's, there's nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, he, he's one of those. He can go from like charming to menacing, and even in like this, he has that like boyish charm to him that's also really threatening. And I'm sure some of it just stems from the fact that he was in a Clockwork Orange. Yes. But I think one of the reasons he was so great for that role was because he's like this boyish, good-looking. It looks like oh the kid next door he like helps helps my mom carry the groceries in, but he's a goddamn psycho. Yes. <laughs> you know he's very scary, but he's he's fantastic. He's yeah. great. Again, good thing if if it had been any other actor, I might have texted you and said, "Can you pull another movie?" <laughs> I just don't know what I can do with this. Again, this is this is like, very different from any other episode we've done because there's not a lot to talk about in this not. movie, and no. that's that was one of the things. Somehow, I have like four pages of Some, notes typed like, out, and I'm looking. It's like, oh, this is another point where something is strange going on. And I, I know, I, and I know how much you love this movie because you didn't even type your notes. I out. know they're just hand drawn. Jason always, always has printed, typed out notes ready to go. And today, I'm looking at a bunch of writing in a notebook. 
That's very un-Jason of you. Yeah, so let's talk about the other actor in this movie, which is uh, Madam Smith. So, Madeline Smith. Very limited career. She was in Funny Farm right after that. That's I, where I remember from, from. This is going to be, I got nothing to add to this. Really only know her from this, and I think she was a little uneven in her performance. Yeah. She was Pam from Urban Cowboy. I think that was like her big. Okay. She's attractive. Woman, oh, yeah, she's like pretty. That. But she retired. She Very limited career, retired. Married a guy from the NHL. Yep, and, yeah, exactly. He's a current uh, scout for uh, the LA Kings since we're in Southern California. But yeah. Maybe the experience with this film. He's like, I can't make another movie what with the, robots. What the hell is this all about? Like, <laughs> Maybe she's like... My, my dinner with Android. <laughs> <laughs> which is, okay, which is funny because my other discussion point I wanted to have you on this is favorite movies that have a single or you know one or only two location shot and you know dinner with andre it's just one location i wrote down breakfast club it's just you know school library pretty much it right yeah. till the very end where they walk out in the field but still pretty much a single i mean does alien count just all takes place on the ship yeah. <laughs> if i really sat down and thought about this uh, this would not be making the cut i'd be getting very very low on the list before i went the collar the collar this, it's not interesting. I think needed so much work, and it, it should never have been a feature film. No. When, they, when they rebooted The Twilight Zone, you go, hey, this is an hour, 42 minutes with, you know, take the commercials out. That's what this is. It just, you could have cut so many of these scenes where they're just doing this sort of back and forth, you know, ham fisted, bargain basement, David Mamet chat. That, that's exactly, that's perfect. And it's interesting, if you look at Michael Sloan's career, besides you know creating and writing all of the equalizers, I think he wrote for like the update of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. This sounds like something that would have been better suited for that. Yeah. And I think it's just that, you know, it's Charles Band, and he's like, hey, free trip to Italy. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jason, I, I, and, and again, I did some research, because... I I, 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 a lot we, on we this got, movie. Yeah, I, I said, we got to talk about something. We can't go through point by point. We can't go no. through this. The scenes, they're just talky, and it's a lot of times just wildly pretentious. But I was trying to find something because I thought it wouldn't shock me at all if he was. this was a teleplay for a, a, a single episode of a show, and Charles Band said, you know, flesh it out. We can yeah. make it a feature film. Yeah. By the way, Malcolm McDowell owes me a favor. Yeah. And then he said, all right. And Charles Band said, I've had a lot of success with science fiction. Yeah. Why don't you work that in? Yeah. It's like <laughs> Twist you, ending. He's an android. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why I think that they're sitting there going back and forth, and he's like leaning back in his chair. He's like, what if? Listen to me. Hey, what if? Cigar. You got a cigar. <laughs> he's an android, and this is all an experiment. And you're like, you know, how much are you paying me to write this? Yeah. I can do that. I know. He just got back from a three martini lunch. You know. <laughs> Hold on. That's what I imagine all movies come up with. Like, someone's like, wait a second. <laughs> Can you throw a robot in there? <laughs> wait a second. I got it. <laughs> Talking about this has been more fun, than, honest, honestly, than watching it. Because there were just times I, I was watching this movie and just going, Can I fast forward through this? And I didn't. I did watch it. Just thinking, like, maybe there's a little point, like little lines. I wrote out a lot of my notes are just little bits of dialogue exactly. where you go, oh, this is a foreshadowing. This is sort of telling us what's going on. But talking about it with the uh, double hopnosis, yeah. which I do a hopnosis, obviously. This is double hopnosis. Hopnosis would be the IPA. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Firestone. Yeah. Ah. Nice, slick black can. Yeah, it is. 19.2 ounce can, which is exactly what one needs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to fully admit, the first time I watched this movie, I had a few beers. <laughs> I think Jane was going to bed, and I said, I'm going to watch this movie. And I was out, and I had a little buzz on. And yeah, the next morning I woke up, because the ending, I went, that really was, he was an android. Huh. I was kind of thinking. How about that? I would leave. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> because I was, I was sort of leaning Welcome that he might be a robot vamp- overlord. Yeah. It was kind of leaning early on vampire. Kind of how it felt, with just a few things. But the Android thing, again, it's the twist ending. You're not going, holy crap. You're going, oh, that's it. I knew something weird was going to happen. This is one of the movies that I watched basically commuting to work. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, how much am I going to put in this one? But the same thing. I'm really glad, because yeah. I was showing up today, and I went, I'm going to tell Jason I want to do this movie first. We record two episodes yes. at a time. And I said, I want to do this first. I don't like this movie. And I was telling Jay, and I said, I, I just hope Jason isn't like, wait, what? I love this. This was so interesting. And <laughs> this is like, my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Michael. I have the fan club. The caller fan club. <laughs> you tried to invite Michael Sloan and he said, nope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been trying to get my name off that turkey for decades. The fruitiness of this beer is, has been super, super good. Oh, yeah. When people say the Imperial Stout or the Imperial IPA, it's really the alcohol content. It is, I mean, the flavor characteristics are different. You know, your Imperial IPAs are going to be a little more malty. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, a very quick one is it's it's going to be more potent. Yeah. It's going to be bigger. You know, your I can feel it. You know, it, yeah. It, <laughs> it doesn't taste it. Stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> stay hydrated. That's an important lesson right now during the summertime, people. Please make sure you're drinking enough water. We're here to help. So, I always like the person who says, you know, oh, there's water and beer. Yeah. And then two hours later, that chucklehead's like, you know, like, pass out on the lawn. <laughs> Handle your high, bud. <laughs> so, favorite movies with twist endings. Oh, come on. You should have asked me that before. <laughs> on the spot like that, I can't. All right. Let, let, me, let me go through a couple of mine. Yeah. What do you think? Okay. Ask me these things beforehand. Because <laughs> now I'm just sitting here going. It's impromptu. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but I'm going to give a couple in different genres. One, because I see, I just recently watched this on a big screen, was Planet of the Apes. Always has that really twist ending oh, at that. yeah. Um, the original Saw with uh, Carrie Yule, also who was in Psych. Some of my favorite episodes. His, yeah. Those are some of the best episodes. He's fantastic. The way Sean just has a crush on him. Is, yeah, uh, no, Planet of the Apes is a great one. Now, can, what about, like, does it have to be an ending? Because I always think a twist no. moment, Alien. The yeah. chestburster scene yeah. is one of just the most, oh, whoa, that I did not see coming. And it changes your perspective on this film. Like, I am not safe in this film anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. Couldn't believe they showed that on network television. Because that's the first time I saw Alien. Because I was a little kid. You know, I was, was five scary. when it came out. Oh, I loved it. And But my brother and I, we watched it, and it was on network television. And they showed that. And I remember going, oh, that's so cool. As my dad came home and they said, Nation. And he's like, oh, I saw that in the theater. You know, that. He's like, that's pretty cool. And I said, it was awesome. <laughs> also, going back to this movie, I was a kid. I rented a Clockwork Orange. And we would rent these movies and we'd just leave them. And my dad would come home and we'd be in bed and my dad would watch the movies. I got a talking to after a Clockwork Orange. They, they sat me down. They said... Um, you are no longer allowed to just go rent movies. And, and Willy-nilly. I, I know. And and I was sitting there going, I didn't see what was wrong with that movie. I said, That's not bad. I'm like, you should see some of the other stuff we would watch. I'm like, A Clockwork Orange is pretty mild. You know? That's not what the parent would see. No. 
I was just, I, but I was dumbfounded that a Clockwork Orange. I'm like, why? I'm I'm 12 and I'm watching this. So okay, twisting. Uh, um, so another one I'm going to throw this in for my wife is it's because it's a romantic, but it's atonement based off the novel. I think okay. it has a young James McAvoy in it. Uh, no way out. Kevin Costner. Yes. Yeah. Which Real. was based off of uh, the Big Clock. Yeah. Yeah, with, with him Ray, as the Russian yeah. agent like yep. at the end. That's great, a, great movie. Really enjoy it. That was cool. Yeah. I haven't seen that in ages, but that I remember loving that. It did. That was one where you're just going, you don't know what the hell's going on, and then it zaps you at the end. You go, holy smokes! I did not <laughs> see, see that, that coming. coming. Exactly. <laughs> um, the sick. I'm gonna put the Sixth Sense and the others together because they're both revolving around ghosts. That at the end, it's a really shift that you're like, oh, these people are ghosts. Yeah, fall around. Uh, of also my list is two movies that are kind of I don't really want to call them horror movies and they're definitely not but they're more of a suspense one is Identity with John Cusack because um, the whole time you realize like you're just in someone's mind this is not taking place is that the one that t- takes place in the storm with yes. the, in the hotel in yes. the middle of nowhere yep I saw that in the theater that was a cool movie yeah. I, I did enjoy that yeah. Unusual Suspects with Kevin Spacey oh you know, yeah, there you go. See, if you ask me ahead yeah. of time, I get a little prop. You put me I was on the trying spot. To think of, I wrote like three topics. I'm like, we can't. I was like, uh, I went through my uh, notes. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? And so last week I started putting like, what are three topics that we can have? And, um, you know. No, that, I mean, I, I'll always remember the the usual suspects yeah. watching that the first time. And, and, and went to it in the theater, just being blown away because it, it has a little bit of that noir characteristic Absolutely. that we love. And just I, I was I was every, we all were Chaz Palm and Terry. Yeah. At the end, when he's just looking. He goes, "Oh my God, yeah. he was here the whole time." And then you could realize in that movie that everything he told you is not true. There's n- that that everything he could have made up entirely. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That anyway. was some insane stuff. Uh, so those were I don't know. Patty this episode with discussion. Oh, yeah, this is really, this is an interesting one. This will be fun. This is, it'll be, please, we want you to watch this movie only because we would like to hear your opinion. But, yeah, describe, what do you think is the war in this movie? I mean, what do you think I the found experiment it a, is? You said Tubi. Yeah. I did find a couple of uh, versions on YouTube that were perfectly fine. Yeah. Nice thing about YouTube is you can skip the ads. Yeah. Tubi makes you sit there. Yeah, for nine seconds, you know. Yeah. That's yeah, that's ninety seconds. Yeah. That adds up. That <laughs> that adds up when you're watching the caller. It's one thing if you're watching Hard Ticket to Hawaii. It's another <laughs> And why are they called the so to t- Well the caller that's in the in the olden days you would have callers, people coming to your house. A gentleman caller, somebody coming to your house would be a caller. That's my guess. Is there's sort of a formality to some of what he does. There is. It's a throwback to an earlier time, which I almost think if Michael Sloan was put on the spot, maybe that's what the androids are doing. They're saying, hey, humanity is getting a little barbaric. We need to take it back to a simpler time when you had callers come to your house. And Gentlemen creep, callers. And creep you out and yeah. kill your sea, sea fish, your saltwater fish. I know. And he just killed it by putting his hand in the water. Another indication that there, he's not human. But he only killed the one fish. Yeah, trying to <laughs> apply a logic to this. I am so glad, dude. There was a little driving up here. No. I was, there was a part of me that just went, I don't know if, if this is one of those 
very polarizing where Jason goes, I'm defending this, and I go, I think this movie stinks. This movie that. should have received an Oscar or at minimum a sci-fi sci-fi. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> no. I personally don't recommend it. No. It's oh, just... I would get to one final point is that um, on some streaming places, they list this as an erotic thriller. So if you're planning a date night with your wife, you're like, let's uh, watch an erotic thriller together and have a glass of wine. This is, it is I don't know why they put it there. There's nothing there's, erotic no. about it. There there's absolutely zero nudity. <laughs> no, you see her leg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, even there's a shower scene uh, and there's not, you know, you see, you see more of her when she tries to seduce him. Yeah, it's, yeah, erotic. I mean, pour some ice water down. Look at the gams down. on that lady. Yeah. Pour some ice water down your pants. That's about how erotic it is. <laughs> so, it was my choice, but you already stated it. Um, but I'm going to ask you again. Would you recommend this movie? I, I wouldn't. You know? And it's... I just don't think it's worth your time. There are other movies that do this kind of thing much better. There are other shows. You watch an episode of a show, and they have this kind of thing done much better. It's just not worth your time. There's a reason this thing was made in 1987, and didn't go anywhere until 1989 when it went straight to video. It re- that's really the simplest way of saying this movie isn't that good. You? No, agreed. Um, I once again I chose it because I was looking at lists like look at what people put as like the best Charles Band's productions, and I mean, people had this on their list. I'm like I've never even heard about it. I mean, it's one of the things we love about doing this is yeah. like we we t- we say it many times. We both could just off stuff we've seen do hundreds and hundreds of episodes, and we could do Phantasm. We, you know, we do Night of the Creeps every every week, but sometimes it's fun finding something we haven't seen, something obscure. Yeah. Sometimes it hits. This sometimes doesn't. it's the collar. Yeah, yeah you know? it's the collar. Yeah. yeah, and you got to wear it. You know, <laughs> I, I I haven't picked gems all the time. You know? like, I think I brought the being to the table. You know, but at least that was funny. The Undertaker. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that wasn't very. Good. And I think this share this share something with Undertaker where Ooh, I, I can't I, wait to well, no, hear where this goes. It, this seems unfinished. This seems like there was something there, and they're like, you know what? Whatever we have now, um, can we get Malcolm Dowell to act like a dying robot? His flesh wrapping up because yeah. it just it seems like I'd be interested. A, I would. Yeah. I, I, that's the curiosity I have about this picture yeah. is they talk about. You know, a war. He's an android. Yeah. She's kept there by him. That the backstory. What's left out? Yeah. You know, it's it's sort of like the old jazz thing. Yeah. Where it's not the notes you play. It's the notes you don't play. It, I'm more interested. Like, whoa, what's going on? Like, it, it doesn't make me want to watch the movie again. Yeah. It makes me go, what isn't there is way more interesting than what you gave me. Yeah, the stuff that we can imagine this movie was based on, or what the experiment was, or why the robots took over. All that. Far better than what this was. And I don't even need the big action no. scenes, you know, to just be, you know, oh, that's what's happened. As you're trying to reprogram the kids. to For what purpose? I, mean, I have no idea. Anyways. But the beer. <laughs> oh, Firestone. Firestone, thank you guys so much. Thank Double you. Hop Gnosis Imperial IPA. This is a good one. It is. I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, well, if you go to a place and, they, and they're serving this in pints... Um, call, make sure you have a cab 
Absolutely. Have, don't drive home because no. you're going to go, this is in pints. Pull up your phone, go to Tubi, watch the caller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then leave, listen to our episode and leave a review. Yeah. And maybe you're like, you know what? I found some meaning in this. I'm all, I'm okay with that. I can take that if somebody says, you guys are wrong. I, I really, it's a, yeah. there's somebody out there likes this movie. Somebody's saying, you know, this is a great movie. I came across a number of things People saying, whoa, like a hidden gem, a lost gem. Exactly. This is a cool movie. What a weird, cool movie. That's fine. I'm not one of them. No. I agree. I I think that the pluses were... Why why it was watchable was... Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Yeah. The the caller has taken all of the life that I'm giving it. That's it's, it's done at this point after this episode the only time it might come back is if we do a sort of a retrospective episode but I don't even know if it warrants that there are plenty of other movies I'd talk about I wonder if they ever made The Color Part 2 because you know Charles Band likes to make sequels <laughs> you know what he does and sometimes and, and, sequels have no relationship and the fact that he didn't <laughs> that's another indication it's a huge tell because there is there's a whole lot you could you could go the caller to you know yeah. the android calling you know, <laughs> my dinner with android <laughs> the caller six my dinner with android <laughs> they sit down and the humans and androids are gonna have a summit and they're gonna work things out things out <laughs> for a big dinner <laughs> Because also, you're right. She made such a big dinner. If she knew he was an android and he doesn't eat, who, who's she making all that food for? Well, she was waiting for her fella. That was the whole that's thing. That's a lot of, lot, lot of food. Dude, I, that's what I said. I'm, that's not dinner for two. No. Like, she making it for... Is, is the underground? Is the resistance coming over? That's for android four. <laughs> <laughs> Plandroid. <laughs> All right, I think I think that's it. We're, we're, we're starting to get into that, you know, three a.m. sleepover. We're staying up all night vibe. This is Beer and Be Movies. I'm Jason, and I'm Michael. <laughs>